Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A smart man, a thirsty woman, a blind beggar, a grieving sister. These are the four people Pastor Bob and I have been focusing on in our gospel readings for the four weeks leading up to Holy Week in Lent here. These four people Jesus encountered on his way to the cross. We've been talking and walking with these four people, putting ourselves in their shoes, because in many ways, their stories are our stories. We are smart. We are thirsty. We are, in a very real sense, blind. And we grieve. At the center of our gospel reading today is the blind beggar. He was born blind, but then Jesus came into his life. We found that when Jesus comes into someone's life, whether they are a blind beggar or a thirsty woman or a smart man, things change. The smart man is instructed that the thirsty woman drinks living water, and the blind beggar, well, he sees. Our gospel reading for today was rather long, even when we watch it in video form. And this is, it's also a fairly complex reading. Beneath the surface of this healing are several subplots. The disciples are asking the wrong questions. The blind man's parents were, they were distancing themselves from their son instead of rejoicing in his being healed. The Pharisees refused to believe. The man's neighbors were confused. And then there's the mud. Jesus healing the man by making mud with his spit. These details are all in some way or another significant, but rather than trying to unpack all of them, I'd like to put ourselves in the shoes of the blind beggar. I'd like to think about how we too are unable to see. It shouldn't really be that hard because in many ways we are blind. And that is so true, especially with this coronavirus. There are so many things we can't see, so many things we are blind to. We can't see when this will all end and we'll go back to normal, whatever that means. We can't see if we have the virus until well after we've been infected. We can't see basic necessities like toilet paper on the shelves of stores. And we can't see when or even if we'll go back to work or school. And we walk gropingly, trying to find the answers in the dark. Which is weird, because we live in an age when this kind of thing isn't supposed to happen. But even with all of our technological advances, all the work being done by scientists and medical professionals, even in the age of the internet, and trying to stay connected with one another while keeping some distance, it feels like no one has any definitive answers. And so we are the blind beggar. We aren't completely blind, of course. We see just a little bit, but we don't see nearly as much as we think. And I'd like to consider with you today three very significant ways we are blind in our lives. Three ways in which we, like the blind beggar, cannot see. First, we cannot see God. Perhaps that seems like an obvious point. But we should admit it. We believe in a, a God, a creator, a father whom we can't see. We see some of his handiwork, the 
that magnificent, magnificent creation he has fashioned. We, we see glimpses of his love and, and mercy and, and justice in our interactions with one another. But we can't see God himself. If you have, uh, a couple people in the Old Testament, Abraham saw God, the Bible tells us, so did Moses. The way Genesis tells the story of Adam and Eve, it seems like they likely saw God too. But most of us have not. Most of us cannot. When it comes to seeing God, we are the blind beggar. We, we cannot see. Second, we can't really see ourselves. We see our reflection above the bathroom sink. We know what we look like. But I'm talking about seeing who we really are deep down inside. There are actually a couple of ways that we uh, don't really see ourselves. Sometimes we are blind to our failings, to our sin. How does the saying go? Nothing is as obvious as another person's faults. You know how it is. We can spot what's wrong with someone else a mile away. But when it comes to our own faults, our own sin, we just cannot see it. We justify our shortcomings. We, we downplay our mistakes. Or we simply look away from our sin and excuse ourselves. And that works pretty well. Most of the time, for most of us, until we take a nice, long look in the mirror. And that's what we do during our time of, of confession and absolution. When we consider our stations in life, our, our vocations, the various roles that, and responsibilities we have, when we take time to think about those things and, and, and we think about how we're not fulfilling those vocations, and we wrestle with questions like, have I been... How have I been as a father, a husband, and a son? How have you been as, as a sister, as a, as a mom, as a wife? Have you worked hard? Have you used the gifts God's given you to serve others? Or have you served yourself, been selfish, been wasteful? When we ask ourselves such questions, it's like taking a nice long look in the mirror, not at other people's faults, but, but at our own. But there's a second way that we're able to see ourselves, and it's kind of the, the flip side of the first way. Sometimes we look at a mirror and we see nothing good at all. Our faults are so glaring that we can only see what's wrong with us. It's like that, that pimple you get on your nose the night before prom. You remember that pimple, right? It was the big one, right there on the tip of your nose. It showed up unannounced just before the big dance. It didn't matter what you were wearing that night or, or how you fixed your hair. You know that everyone you saw would fixate only on that bright pink pimple on the end of your nose. And they would laugh in your face. It's all you could see when you looked in the mirror. Sometimes our faults, which are real, obscure our vision from anything that is good. And so we're blind to God, we don't see him, we're, we're blind to ourselves, 
Either we don't see our sin or all we can see is our sin, but there's still one, may, one more way we are blind. Too often, we are blind to others. We simply don't see other people. And now I'm talking about seeing their needs and their feelings and their struggles and their concerns. We see their faults just fine. Nothing is as obvious as other people's faults, right? But there is so much about other people that we don't see. We don't see the widow as she goes home all alone. We don't see the teenager who's, who's picked on at school and overlooked by his family. We don't see the fears and the frustrations of the single mom or single dad. We don't see the emptiness of the unemployed, the exhaustion of the overworked, the anxiety and the uncertainty of the mentally challenged. It's not that we wish harm on those people. We don't, we just don't see them. We're, we're, we're blind to them. And so we are the blind beggar. I guess I should correct myself, however. This whole sermon, I've been calling this man in our reading the blind beggar. But the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that this is a misnomer. It's not the right thing to call him. He was born blind, that's true. But in our text, he was blind for only, what, the first seven verses? After Jesus rubbed mud on his eyes and told him to wash in the pool of Siloam, the man came back seeing. And for the rest of chapter 9, and for the rest of his life for that matter, he was the man who used to be blind. He's the man who was born blind, but to whom Jesus gave sight. And that's who we are, too. It's true, we, we can't see the Father, but, but we see Jesus. We, as a collective human race, John 1.14 tells us, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. God has appeared to us in the person of Jesus Christ. The man who was born blind, when he looked at Jesus at, at the end of our reading, he was looking at the very face of God. Jesus asked him after he had been kicked out of the synagogue, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus answered, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. You and I have not seen Jesus in, in the way that we see one another. But God has opened our eyes by faith to see his love and his mercy and his justice in Jesus' death and resurrection. When we look at the cross, we see God's love for us. When we look at the cross, we see God's truth and God's justice. And when we look at the cross, we, we see the Son of God and the Son of Man given to die for you and for me. And like the man who used to be blind, we see God. We also see ourselves. When we look at Jesus' suffering and death for us, we see the plank in our own eyes. We see our sinfulness, our guilt, and that's why we confess our sins. But that's not all that we see when we look in the mirror. When we look at our reflection, 
We see God's good creation. We see ourselves as God's precious child, washed by the blood of Jesus, recreated and renewed in our baptisms. We see that we are not perfect, but that we are forgiven. And we see others too. When we look at Jesus and his cross, and he turns our eyes to see one another, we see the widow who is alone, and we visit her if we're alone. We see the teenager who needs a friend, and we reach out to him. We see the single parent. We, we see the man without a job, the woman who's overworked, the mentally handicapped who cannot express himself. We look at each other, and we see the people that God has sent us to love. We are the man who used to be blind, but now we see. True, we still aren't exactly sure what's going on with this whole virus thing. We are still blind to the future in that regard, but we aren't blind in the future that God has for us. We aren't blind to the fact that Jesus has done all to save us, including giving us the faith to believe in him. And so we keep coming back to have our eyes opened again and again, to see ourselves truly, to see our, our Savior, to see his love, to see one another so that we may serve one another. Friends in Christ, we are the man who was born blind, but now in Christ we see. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.